Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ag Innovation News Podcast, presented by the Agricultural Utilization Research Institute of Minnesota. I'm Dan Scogan, Director of Government and Industry Relations for AURI. Guests on the Ag Innovation News Podcast shed light on innovations and value-added ag, highlight important voices and work that's being done throughout the Minnesota ag sector, and educate the public about resources and organizations that support Minnesota agriculture. Today is International Women's Day, a global celebration of the social, economic, cultural, and political achievements of women. The day also marks a call to action for accelerating women's equity. In marking this occasion, the Ag Innovation News Podcast is presenting four profile interviews with young women who work for the Agricultural Utilization Research Institute and make a significant impact on the food and agriculture innovation ecosystems. Today, we're going to be speaking with Ashley Hargath, Alexandra Diemer, Lisa Martinez, and Laura Bachmeyer. And we'll start today with Ashley Hargath. Ashley serves as a project manager for the Agricultural Utilization Research Institute, where she assists new clients entering into AURI's program and services. She also works with AURI's Innovation Network program and supports AURI's stakeholder relationship building efforts. Ashley joined AURI in 2010 and has served in a number of positions, including communications and network manager. Prior to joining AURI, she worked for the Waseca Area Chamber of Commerce and was a 4-H intern for the University of Minnesota Extension Service. Ashley also is involved in several community agricultural organizations. She is a graduate of the University of Wisconsin River Falls with a Bachelor of Science degree in Marketing Communications with an agricultural emphasis. Ashley, welcome to the podcast today. Great. Glad to be here, Dan. Well, let's start with some background in agriculture. Were you ever a future farmer of America, or do you or your family actively farm right now? Give us a little background on what happens at the Hargath House. I grew up on a dairy, beef, and crop farm near Waldorf, Minnesota. Unfortunately, my high school only had an FFA program for one year, but I was very active in the 4-H program along with showing cattle in several other organizations while I attended college at University of Wisconsin River Falls, where I received a degree in agricultural marketing and communications. Currently, my family and I live near Wasika. We raise corn, soybeans, and beef cattle. We sell beef meat shares, and our two children actively show their cattle. And I know both you and your husband work off the farm as well, is that right? That is correct. So we are very busy working all day at our off-farm jobs and then farming on nights and weekends. Tell me a little bit more about your work at AURI. As I mentioned in our introduction, you've had several positions with the organization, but as a project manager, does your work focus on anything specific, any types of projects or within a certain focus area? Yes. So my work as a project manager here tends to fall within the food focus area But some projects do overlap and cover all areas at AURI. So my work really entails the whole project process and includes things from writing and soliciting requests for proposals, creating and monitoring work plans, contracting, invoicing and budgets, content review, and dissemination. I do this in coordination with various AURI team members 
It can be quite busy. We're often managing multiple projects at a time. And oftentimes our work here at AURI is collaborative and we bring in external partners like the Minnesota Department of Agriculture or commodity groups. So I need to manage those relationships as well. So in your role at AURI, it sounds like you not only have a AURI team, but you get some face-to-face contact with the clients or the people that AURI works with. Right. Many of the projects that I work on are public-facing initiatives, so meaning the outcomes of the work, usually a guide or resource, is made available to the public at no cost and are housed on the AURI website. These resources range from things like a food shelf life guide, halal and kosher meat resources, a guide to selling products on e-commerce, and many, many more. And yes, as you mentioned, I also serve as the first point of contact for clients coming into AURI and our application process. So it's really exciting to hear their enthusiasm as they bring their ideas to us for assistance. And how do the clients find you or how do they find AURI? There's a lot of different ways that clients find us. Often, if they do a search or on our website, the Contact Us button leads right to me. Also, we have strong social media presence, LinkedIn, Facebook, and some of our partners, such as Grow North, have resources where we are listed so people can easily get in touch with us as well. Any professional goals as one of AURI's project managers? Yeah, as a project manager, I want to continue to help create high quality and and useful resources and services that help strengthen Minnesota's food and ag economy. I also strive to create a positive experience for our clients that come work with AURI. I think it's also important to always keep learning and expanding your networks, and I want to be able to also give back to youth organizations focused on agriculture as well. And does your personal experience in agriculture play a role in how you work your professional life? Yeah. Growing up, I always knew I wanted to be involved in agriculture in some aspects. When this opportunity at AURI came up, it was just a perfect fit because it's easy to come to work every day when you have a a passion for what you do. Having that basic background knowledge of agriculture has been helpful, as well as knowing how important it is to expand markets and add value for those agricultural commodities. And although it is a bit cliche, growing up and and still being involved in production agriculture takes a lot of hard work, planning, and organization. So I really do have that strong work ethic to get things done and drive projects to the finish line. Well, with that in mind, Ashley, maybe share with our listeners today a little bit about how the work that you do actually impacts the food and ag ecosystem in Minnesota. AURI is such a great and unique resource for food and ag entrepreneurs in Minnesota. Through my work, we help create resources that help these businesses or operations both start and expand and also give back value to the farmers and producers that raise that commodity initially. For me, it's just really rewarding to watch the process with some of our AURI clients, their initial enthusiasm for their idea, watching them use AURI resources or labs, working with our staff. And then to see their idea grow into a, you know, a new business, new investments, new jobs where they really are benefiting Minnesota's economy. And I think it's really great that if AURI doesn't have the answer or the needed resource, we have such a broad network with some of our partners that our staff are likely to be able to provide the connection to someone who can help our clients. 
I want to go back to your children and their desire and ability to show cattle. Is that through a 4-H project or are they uh, just kind of doing that on class, I guess, or is it organized? So we are involved in Wasika County 4-H, and then there are several shows throughout the summer that are open to youth, mostly 21 and under. So we are gone almost every weekend to a show. And what do you see them learning from all of that? They really learn that it takes a lot of hard work. You can't just show up on the day of the show and win first place. There's so much behind the scenes work getting their animals ready. They're also learning teamwork, you know, working with my husband and I, working with other youth to get to the show, get set up, make sure the show runs smoothly as well. And they're also really learning that animal science component of it, you know, learning how different feeds affect their animals and We're actually in the middle of calving right now, so they've been out in the barn with us and learning a lot about life. And I want to have you uh, wrap things up, Ashley, with just uh, your own thoughts on International Women's Day and if you have any advice or insight to share with young women or leaders who are around young women who want to work in the agriculture field or in the food space in the future. Is there anything you'd like to share with them? Definitely. There are so many opportunities in food and agriculture and a majority of those are actually outside of the you know, stereotypical role you might think of. You don't need to be a farmer with your hands in the dirt to work in or support food and agriculture. Things like accounting, communication, sales, technology, those are all roles that you may not think apply to agriculture, but actually they can. I think it's really important as you know, young women are coming up to be involved or volunteer with activities or organizations beyond your basic schooling or your career, find ways to be involved in your community or different agricultural organizations. This helps expose you to new experience, builds your resume and your networks. Don't be afraid to ask questions or or jump in and always be willing to learn more. To me, it's just so exciting to work in an industry that not only feeds the world, but provides fuel, fiber, and byproducts that go into so many things like medicines, cosmetics, and more. Ashley, thanks for your time. It was great learning more about you and your role at AURI. Thanks, Dan. Ashley Hargath, she is a project manager for the Agricultural Utilization Research Institute, and we're going to continue that conversation by turning our attention next to Alexandra Diemer. At AURI, Alexandra focuses on the intersection of new product process development and climate resilient solutions to add value to agricultural crops and products. Alexandra will serve as a resource and connector for value chain participants from growers to processors who wish to develop markets for emerging crops. Her efforts will strive to be inclusive in all Minnesota entities interested in adding value to their operations via novel supply chain development. She grew up on a farm in Heron Lake, where a a strong connection to land management and stewardship was instilled and fostered from a very young age. She holds a degree in biology and international development practice with minors in nutrition and science, technology, energy policy. Her background prior to joining AURI is largely within international development, ecosystem scale conservation science, and also urban agriculture and agroforestry production, marketing, and extension services. Alexandra has conducted field research, worked on climate adaption strategies, analyzed forestry value chains, and coordinated community-driven agricultural grant projects in Senegal, Peru, India, Nepal, Canada, and the United States. Alexandra, that's quite an impressive bio. 
Welcome to the program. Thanks, Dan. Let's get more on your background, and it sounds like it was very exciting and diverse, but let's focus mostly on agriculture. At a young age, you were on the farm. Were you involved in 4-H or FFA? Yes, Dan, I was. I joined the Future Farmers of America starting in seventh grade, and I really enjoyed working in that space. I was involved in a number of leadership roles eventually as the president of my district's chapter. And I think a lot of the experiences and sometimes challenges that occurred in those leadership positions are still insights and learnings that I draw upon today in my professional career. They also really spurred me on to many of the interests that I've pursued both internationally and now back in Minnesota. But I think my favorite part of participating in Future Farmers of America was the teams that I participated on. Two of my favorites, which took us to regional state competitions and national competitions, were the ag marketing and sales team, as well as nursery landscaping. Those were very challenging activities to participate in, and our mentor in that teamwork, our our advisor rather, was Louise Worm. She's still someone who I consider to be a very strong mentor in my life, even though we don't work together as closely as we did when I was in high school. She really instilled a very strong work ethic and the ability to focus and drill deeply into a topic of interest in order to excel. And so much of the skill sets that I've developed, both in public speaking and in working through conflict on a team to get to our goals together, are things that I carry with me all the time. And a little more on your family out in the Huron Lake area. Were they farming actively when you were living out there, or were they just rural residents? We did farm, and I think the operations changed as I grew up. We always lived on the farm, and in fact, my my parents still reside there, although my dad is now retired. But he coordinated his farming operations with his cousin, George. George and my dad, Larry, were both very hardworking, I would say salt-of-the-earth type guys, very passionate about their work very hardworking. And so I think even though I wasn't directly involved in a lot of the farming operations, I could possibly observe what it meant to really pursue something that you're interested in with a lot of integrity and a lot of stewardship for the land as well. They mainly worked in some of the commodity crops like corn and soy, but there was also livestock rearing as well. And just to see all of the different angles that are involved in a farming operation, I truly think that farmers are not just one occupation, but maybe up to four or five when you consider the engineering and mechanics that you need to know, the math and accounting that you do as a business owner, the agronomy, and just all of the planning that it involves to operate a farm business is so inspiring to me. And I still use that lens when I think about the work that I do now. I think a lot about, you know, what would Larry and George think about this idea or how would they consider this in their debt to income ratio or risk management portfolios? What would their mindset be when I think about novel supply chains in the ag space now? That's awesome that your dad and George still have a a role to play in how you uh, conduct your daily business. Let's talk about your job at AURI, Business Development Director of Novel Supply Chains. What does that mean? (laughs) Yeah, it's a mouthful. It is a really interesting space to work in. And to echo something that Ashley mentioned, I am now in a role that I don't think existed at AURI before I was in the hiring process, and I think it's a space that I wouldn't have known to look for. It's exciting to me that the agricultural value chain 
has so much innovation. And this role in particular is really meant to capture new and emerging market opportunities, as well as some of the expansions for technologies that are happening within existing crops. So it's an interesting place to be, to think about, you know, the conventional farming systems that we still have today and are coming from, but also thinking about how do we adapt to a changing climate and a changing marketplace, changing consumer interests, and pairing all of these together to still maintain resilience in our food and fuel and fiber supply chains that agriculture touches. It really falls on you to be constantly looking around corners and trying to see what's coming. And probably the people you're working with are doing the same thing. Is that right? That's true. And I would say a lot of the successes that I'm able to have in this role really are attributed to the the vast skill sets and experiences that my team has and that I can draw upon many of whom have been working in the Minnesota ag space professionally for quite a bit longer than I have. As you mentioned in my introduction, a lot of my work prior to being at ARI was more international focused. So it's kind of bridging that gap from what I grew up around to what I've seen in other countries and now bringing all of that together now that I'm back here in Minnesota. And I want to go into the other countries at some point in our conversation, but are there any specific areas of focus that your position is looking at right now? Yes, there are quite a few crops emerging from the Forever Green Institute at the University of Minnesota. Myself and a few other team members at ARI are involved in some grant work that are meant to characterize those grains as well as commercialize them. So it's trying to pair how do we grow adopt and scale the supply of these grains with demand that is robust and resilient and provides hopefully a lower risk opportunity for farmers to get involved as well as the processors in the value chain along the way that transform those grains into products that we can use or eat. So I want to take you back to your previous work and just have you do some comparing. The work that you're doing now with AURI and the work that you did on some of the international fronts, how is it similar? How is it different? Oh, gosh. Um, I think it depends on which project we want to drill down into. But if I think really broadly, there's similarities anywhere you look in agriculture in the world when it comes to the grit and passion that producers and growers, whether that's crops or vegetables or agroforestry products. Ashley mentioned this as well, but there's a work ethic that involves in that sort of occupation that I think is really unique to agriculture. And no matter what your farming practices, agricultural practices, harvesting practices are, everyone in that space has to have a level of stewardship for the land and love and care for the piece of earth that they work within. And so I think that piece is really common throughout. I think some of the differences are pretty obvious when you think about different climates. That's going to entail different cropping systems, as well as when you think about different federal support that happens in the U.S. versus in other countries. You know, there's just different priorities and levels of funding to support farmers at various levels, as well as the processors in the supply chain that help transform the products that are grown or harvested. So it's interesting to see what those priorities are and sometimes what the limitations can be on those populations that are trying to feed those around them as well as make a decent living wage. It definitely looks different everywhere you go, but I really enjoy thinking about those types of challenges 
and trying to apply what I can within the context of those different systems and locations. And are they all making progress? Because it seems like some of the problems feeding their populations don't ever seem to go away. But in your work, did you see progress was being made? You know, that's one that I'm going to say depends, which is never a fun answer because it's very vague. But I don't think I see progress as something that's linear. If I could give a specific example, when I was working in Senegal, I was there for the longest amount of time of any of these projects. I was there for 27 months. So I had a lot longer to really get to know my community and understand who the most motivated farmers were so that when it was time to write grants and develop projects, I had listened to some of their pain points and gaps in what was happening in their local food system so that we could really put together projects that would make an impact. One of those, which was kind of a gender bender when we think about you know today being International Women's Day, There was a women's group that produced vegetables for their local market, and more or less, it was a way for them to make some additional income. They tended to pool that money together and use it as an emergency fund for, let's say, if one of their children got sick or they needed to fix the well at their garden, something that they could rely upon more as supplemental income rather than, you know, their foundational income, but we put together a grant project where they were building chicken coops. That was their idea. I did not have previous experience in construction or raising chickens, but they taught me as I taught them in, in our various skill sets to, to put this project together, to acquire the funding and then get it to the finish line right before my service had closed. And it was really interesting to see the reactions of some of the men and other community members watching these women build something with tools, because that was not a very gendered activity in Senegal. And so watching people's perceptions shift was really interesting. And then as of a couple of years after my service, I did get some updates from those community members that they were able to take the funds they had earned from raising those chickens and buy a deep freezer, which allows them to have bit, a bit more of a reserve in their sales and gave them some resiliency in that enterprise that they had developed. I don't know today where it's at. I haven't had an update for a couple of years now, but it was nice to hear that, you know, that project didn't end when I left and they were able to carry forward the progress that we'd made together into a more successful place even than when we had initially started and what that scope was initially. I think that's a fantastic story. Let's go back to AURI and the work you do in the ecosystem in Minnesota. Give me some thoughts on how the work you do impacts food and egg in Minnesota. It's really interesting to me to see how innovation happens. A lot of the time, the work that I'm pursuing to commercialize these new crops is seeking out businesses that already exist and thinking about new ways for them to utilize, for example, the machinery they have to, let's say we have a new grain that's coming on the market that has a very small seed size, like Kernza, perennial grain. How can we retrofit a flour mill to accommodate that grain? What are the handling requirements post-harvest to get that grain ready from the combine to something like a flour mill or to a brewery or a distillery or to a bakery? So it's thinking through each stage of the value chain and who are the partners in Minnesota that might be interested to embark on a new initiative 
and thinking about expanding their own product lines in an in interesting and innovative way. Obviously, there's a lot of inherent risk involved. So there's a lot of frank conversations around what's possible and the state of the market, because many of these are in a very nascent stage. So there's not a lot of promise that I can guarantee anyone. So it's interesting to see who those people are and, and what level of innovation they're able to contribute even beyond the knowledge that I can give. So it's fun to see those projects come together in the pilot work that we do to see what's possible because sometimes their expertise really is what propels these projects and, and therefore the commercialization success of these new grains forward. And, you know, agriculture in general, I think, is a white male dominated occupation. But I think in the ecosystem of the entrepreneurs, we see much more diversity. Do you see that as well? I think diversity is happening both in a gendered way and in a demographic way. There are a lot of new Americans that are farming in Minnesota that come from lots of different countries and for various reasons. And I see both that impact on diversity as well as a lot more females. But it's not just in the entrepreneurial space. I think a lot of them are also farmers. And that shift, I think, is really interesting because I think farming historically has been a very male-dominated space. But there are a lot more women in Minnesota and globally that are embarking upon, you know, production agriculture, whether that's for crops or vegetables that go to places like a farmer's market. There are a lot more mix of faces along the value chain and everyone needs varying levels of support. So it's interesting to see what the needs are as we see a broader mix of people in these spaces. For example, aside from my work at AURI, participate on a couple of local board positions. I work through the Minnesota Department of Agriculture on the Emerging Farmers Working Group, and I've just learned so much about the number of different types of farming operations and food processors that have come into Minnesota with different needs, both culturally and financially and the different programs that we can help develop at the state level to support innovation in a way that supports culturally appropriate foods in Minnesota that maybe don't already exist or don't exist at scale. I also serve on the Southwest Minnesota Regional Sustainable Development Partnership, which is through UMN Extension, and I'm on the local foods systems work group. So that's for me a way to connect back to Southwest Minnesota, where my farm in Heron Lake, Minnesota was, and think through, you know, how can I support from a distance, because I now live in the metro, some of the initiatives that are happening to bolster the food system in that area as well. And I'm surprised and glad to see that there is also a mix of people working in that area as well. So on this International Day of the Woman, as a young woman working in the food and egg innovation space, any advice or insight for others who might want to come and work in that area as well? Yes, I would say... Continue to develop your interests, pursue things that make you come alive, and pair that with what your natural skills and abilities are. There is bound to be something in the workforce that aligns with both what you're interested in and what you can uniquely bring to your professional career. It might take a few wrong turns to get there. And Sometimes the wrong turns are what bring you to ultimately where you're meant to be. And I say that from experience. 
I think a lot about how in my early career, I thought I was going to be best served abroad, which is why I pursued so many opportunities there. And while I really loved that work, something just never felt fully aligned for me in a way that as I got deeper into that career and thought more deeply about what it was that truly resonated for me, it ended up bringing me right back home. So the irony for me of thinking the further away I got, the more impactful I would be ended up not being true. But a lot of the things I've learned along the way, I've been able to bring back home to Minnesota and I think afford me a different lens or perspective rather on the types of issues that are also common here and perhaps are not things that others have been able to experience. So just bringing along every tool that you acquire in your in your toolkit. It, again, it sounds kind of cliche, but I really think every experience, whether it was positive or negative, you can transform to bring to what ends up being the best fit for you. And as long as you continue to stoke the fires of what you're passionate about and expand the horizons of what your natural skills and abilities are, there's many, many different avenues to explore in agriculture for women. Alexandra, great stuff. Thanks for being on our podcast today. Thank you. And she's Alexandra Deemer. She is the Business Development Director of Novel Supply Chains at AURI. And I just want to remind you that you're listening to the Ag Innovation News Podcast presented by the Agricultural Utilization Research Institute of Minnesota. And we are going to continue our conversation with uh, other guests as we celebrate today as International Women's Day. Next, let's visit with Laura Bachmeyer. Laura is a native out of Apple Valley, Minnesota, and is AURI's Business Development Director of Meat. In this role, she assists in advancing the value-added meat industry for the purpose of rural economic development by providing meat science leadership through education and training coordination, exploring new meat innovations, and developing robust professional networks. From an early age, her passion for the agriculture industry stemmed by raising and showing beef cattle and swine at the county, state, and national level. Furthermore, her family operates multiple farms growing diversified crops and beef cattle throughout Minnesota and North Dakota. Prior to coming to AURI, Laura was an account manager with Fast Genetics. Additionally, she was the Director of Pork Safety and Quality at the National Pork Board. In this role, she was the technical support expert and liaison for the Pork Checkoff's Pork Safety and Quality Efforts, where she developed educational resources and research programs in the areas of pre- and post-harvest food safety and pork quality for the industry. Laura, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you, Dan. So let's start with some background before you got to AURI and just a little bit about your growing up in and around agriculture in Minnesota and North Dakota. Tell us more about your background in agriculture. Absolutely. So agriculture has always been in my blood and always will be. Growing up, as mentioned, I was always surrounded by agriculture. My family on both sides come from farms, so that's really where I initially got exposed to egg. But in my youth, I was heavily involved in youth organizations like 4-H and FFA, both on the non-livestock and livestock side. So that was a lot of leadership development in terms of being able to learn how to be a better public speaker in doing demonstrations, talking to judges about the projects of photography or flower gardening that I'd present. 
as well was heavily involved in competitions of livestock evaluation, where you have to make quick, informed decisions and present that information. And to the degree of FFA, kind of similar concept, again, on that show side of cattle and swine, livestock judge and did a lot of creed speaking. And To this day, I still have a lot of passion for those youth organizations. I do a lot of volunteering as a judge with, again, the livestock evaluation. I recently was a food judge and just assisting those members of those organizations through a lot of their career and leadership development. As well, moving into my youth a little bit more, I attended North Dakota and studied animal science and ag business and wanted to continue my education to get exposed more to what I was passionate about. So then continued on with my master's degree in meat science, muscle biology, and swine production. And being able to be exposed to the industry, it wasn't just all about school and some of those organizations starting at a young age, but then continued to go into professional memberships that I still am heavily involved with today. Well, Laura, that's such an interesting background when I think about the road you've been on before coming to AURI. And it really tells a story to young people who might be listening today that you can be very involved in agriculture and never be on a farm. You just have a lot of uh, background information on, on what else is available in the agriculture field. When people think about agriculture, they think about a white picket fence, a red barn, that there's a cornfield and some livestock. And therefore, those people are just in the field and or a vet if there's livestock there. But First and foremost, the egg community is very diverse, and there's a multitude of opportunities for youth and moving into their career just beyond that typical standard of what agriculture is. Many opportunities to pursue. I want to get into your job position at AURI a little bit too, Laura. A relatively new position with the organization. So give us some background on on the focus and, and the goals of your work at AURI. Absolutely. So within AURI, again, my position is a business development director of MEAT. And really it's assisted to aim in that value-added space for meat industry and sector. And primarily, a lot of the goals are to provide a more competitive and resilient local meat supply chain and focus really with those very small to medium-scale processors in Minnesota and the surrounding states. Whether that's interacting and assisting in business development with those that may be brick and mortar to assist them in the commercialization and identifying where we can provide assistance or working with a processor that's been in the business for a number of years that requires assistance to whether it's expand their market development, develop new further process products, assisting in grants that they may want to utilize to buy new equipment for their facility. And really just utilize my knowledge and expertise from growing up and previous careers to address those needs related to the supply chain. And Laura, of course, at AURI, we are all about value added. So let's dig a little deeper into what you do for AURI and how your work actually impacts the value added food and agriculture ecosystem here in Minnesota and beyond. 
Yeah, so within Minnesota and the surrounding states, working with those local processors to really identify, plan, and direct areas of opportunity for the development of those value-added meat products, whether that is connecting them with our team and utilizing our AURI Meat Lab in Marshall, Minnesota to develop clean label products or a product formulation, or just simply finding full strategies for any of that full carcass utilization. To that degree, AURI is currently in two separate cooperative agreements with the United States Department of Agriculture, the Ag Marketing Service, focus on local meat and poultry processing, which again goes into my day-to-day role here at AURI. And beyond the agreements and beyond some of my work, it's really impacted by learning about a lot of those hurdles and gaps that they may be experiencing within the supply chain and are currently facing and really to identify, find solutions, applications, or creating deliverables to really address those bottlenecks. And obviously through that, connecting with our partners and those involved in the ecosystem to really address and create those professional relationships. Can you be specific on any innovations or product or processes that you or the team are working on that might benefit the meat or the meat science industry? Yes. So specifically kind of in generating multiple deliverables for this sector, as we've learned through a needs assessment, some of those areas that we can look into. So for example, we've created a resource database and it's a centralized location for processors and those in the ecosystem that's located on our AURI meat science page. And It's an easy way for a processor as a navigational tool to access reliable resources, whether those are physical or intellectual, that can really assist them in making informed decisions about their business. Some examples, too, are even addressing the labor pool and training your employees with various short courses, getting them trained to be HACCP certified and be a HACCP coach with them, and making the important importance of food safety in that sense um, and other areas of business development and financial assistance. Beyond that, another big deliverable that we are currently in the process of is creating a benchmarking tool for those very small and medium scale processors within our region and really to capture the metrics and variables in their operations to really objectively measure their financials to make those key informed business decisions and really for continuous improvement to see where they are doing well in their business and insights where they can progress and just set strategic planning opportunities. Beyond that, some of those innovations too, again, utilizing our meat lab in product formulation of value-added further processed meat and utilizing again that full carcass. But really at the end of the day, just providing them that expertise in meat quality and food safety through business development and technical assistance. It strikes me as I listen to you answer that question that, you know, over the hundreds or thousands of years that we've been eating meat, you would think that everything that's possible has already been done. But there are really new innovations and new ways to produce, process, use meat. And that's kind of the field you're in. You're in the think tank about how are we going to do it better in the future? 
Absolutely. It's kind of going to agriculture. There's a lot of commodities within it. And knowing that from point A to point Z, that there's a lot of important key elements to that specific to the livestock industry to meet the consumer needs. We have adapted to different genetics, different nutrition, putting best practices in play to even the type of production that we're having to meet those consumer demands and finding more opportunities for better efficiency, safer work environments, and just the advancement in technology is huge. Well, this is International Women's Day, and that's why we're talking to four wonderful women who work for AURI and for the organization. So as a young woman working in the food and egg innovation space, Laura, our last question for you today, do you have any advice or insight for others who may want to work in these areas? Yes, I have a lot of advice. And being a young professional, I know there's many years ahead and that there's a lot of opportunities for young women to pursue in the egg community. And it's very diverse. And again, as I mentioned before, you don't just have to be on the farm. You have the opportunity to expand upon that. Again, as agriculture has evolved, there is a lot of heart and drive in the industry, and that will never go away through a lot of those advancements and innovations. And that has allowed the opportunity to expand and explore those different areas. I always had the drive and being involved in the swine industry and the pork industry, as well as beef, and was always sure that I wanted to go into that space. But there was a period where you really need to explore more in depth as to when you're learning more about yourself and that true passion to explore those opportunities. Internships, that's a great way to do that exploration phase to really understand the areas of the industry that you appreciate, where your strengths are, and also areas that you know, you're maybe not as interested in. For example, kind of back to my background, did multiple internships, some with the live animal, some with on the research side, or working with people. You know, you, you find that where you fall into the picture. I think, too, for young women in the food industry is try to find a mentor within the specific space that you're in. So I personally have a female mentor, which is very valuable to me because we're not in the same specific space because it's so diverse, but we're still able to talk about various topics, provide advice, and just how to better yourself as a professional. And beyond that, networking is key. There's a variety of organizations and associations that are women-led, And just become a part of them, whether that's when you're a student, but also in your professional way, because that's a great way to network and opportunities for you and others to really have that ability to share the knowledge with one another. But what ultimately I think is just be ambitious and find what suits you well and take it from there. This has been awesome, Laura. Thanks so much for being part of our podcast today. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure. That's Laura Bachmeyer. She's AURI's Business Development Director of Meat. Our final guest on this podcast is Lisa Martinez. Lisa was born and raised in Grand Forks, North Dakota, right in the heart of the Red River Valley. She holds a bachelor's degree in communication from the University of North Dakota and brings more than 10 years of experience working in marketing and communications. From 2010 to 2019, she worked at the United Way of Grand Forks, managing social media accounts and websites, coordinating events, and serving as media liaison, among other duties. 
Following her tenure at United Way, she had the opportunity to join the Division of Marketing and Creative Services at her alma mater, where she managed projects for academic programs and colleges, helped to develop and execute strategic marketing plans, and coordinated the development, production, and distribution of traditional and digital communications. She greatly enjoys being active and involved in her community. She's a longtime member of the Greater Grand Forks Young Professionals, where she also served as a marketing chair, and in 2017 was named Young Professional of the Year. Lisa is also a member of Valley Marcom and the Greater Grand Forks Women's Leadership Cooperative. Additionally, she's a graduate of the Grand Forks Women's Fund Leadership Academy, class of 2021, and she does have spare time and During that, she enjoys traveling, practicing yoga, shopping at farmer's markets, volunteering at the Empire Arts Center, and attending community events and reading. Lisa, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Dan. It's really great to be on the show, and I'm happy to be a part of this celebration of International Women's Day. And I think for full transparency, we should tell people that Lisa actually works for AURI and works on our podcast. Isn't that right? Yes, that's right. I am the communications coordinator at AURI and a producer and editor of this podcast. But you don't come from an egg background like our other guests have today. What drew you to joining an organization like AURI? Despite growing up in the Red River Valley along eastern North Dakota, I really had little to no experience in agriculture prior to joining AURI. As you mentioned, I spent the early part of my career working at the United Way in Grand Forks. There we had a staff of five, so I wore many different hats, everything from social media to website management to public relations to coordinating the Toys for Tots drive. From there, I joined the marketing and communications team at the University of North Dakota, where I gained valuable experience in project management and collaboration with campers, partners, and clients. And then a friend who worked at AURI reached out when the communications coordinator position opened up. In all honesty, I was both excited and scared after reading the job description. The main obstacle being that I didn't really have any professional experience in the food and egg sector. After researching the organization and chatting with friends and family, I submitted an application just a few weeks later. Some of the selling points for me were AURI's focus on value-added agriculture and sustainability, and its work to help small businesses, entrepreneurs, and members of the BIPOC community. I also really liked the challenge of marketing something I didn't know much about, and I felt that it was a fantastic opportunity to grow and learn, both personally and professionally. I've worked in nonprofit marketing and communications my entire career, so AURI was also a nice fit in that regard. So Lisa, a little over a year into the job now, and you look back on it, is it as intimidating as you thought it might be, or have you found it to be a, a good fit for you? Found it to be a fantastic fit for me. Thankfully, everyone in the food and egg space has been so wonderful and so accommodating and welcoming and, and willing to answer questions and anxious to help me learn. So it has been a really great transition. Well, as a communications coordinator for AURI, I guess the focus of your work differs quite a lot from that of some of the other colleagues we've been speaking with today. And having said that, why don't you share with us a little bit about your work and how it impacts the food and ag ecosystems? My day-to-day work at AURI involves managing our social media platforms, assisting with events, and sharing the wonderful work of AURI and its many collaborators across the state of Minnesota and beyond. In addition, I also serve as editor and producer of this podcast and assist in the development 
marketing, and publication of our quarterly newspaper, Ag Innovation News, as well as our monthly e-newsletter, Ag Innovation Update. In the 14 months I've been at AURI, I've greatly enjoyed learning about new and emerging crops and all of the food and beverage products AURI helped develop, refine, or bring to market. Through AURI's communication channels, I do what I can to showcase innovators and innovation in the food and ag ecosystems, and this often extends to my life outside of work. I've had many conversations about how much I now enjoy Kernza pasta and cookies. Kernza, um, for those who may not know, is an emerging perennial grain that can be ground and used as a substitute for traditional flour. Overall, I'm happy to help spread the word and share stories on behalf of all the hardworking individuals many of whom are laboring quietly behind the scenes. Lisa, it sounds like you're not only learning it, you're starting to live it. I am, absolutely. It's, it's been so much fun. And I know when I go to my pantry, there's products in there that we never had in the last 10 years that we now have because of relationships we've developed with clients and other people in the egg and food ecosystem. It just kind of, eventually it seems like it comes back to you and, and you want to support those innovative businesses. Absolutely. I've discovered so many cool new products within the food and beverage space that I have certainly gone out and into my local grocery store and found or ordered online if I needed to. Well, as we all know, AURI does focus its work on value-added agriculture. Can you share your thoughts on how value-added ag is benefiting the state of Minnesota? So Dan, before I joined AURI, I was actually not familiar with the term value-added agriculture. And during my time here, I guess I've kind of discovered that value-added agriculture benefits everyone in some form or another. To me, I see that it's extra income and support for farmers and ranchers. It's a boost to small businesses. For me, I'm all about supporting small local businesses. It's a helping hand to entrepreneurs who are struggling through pandemic, recessions, and changing tastes and interests of consumers. I feel it also provides variety and unique experiences to everyday Minnesotans who are just out shopping at grocery stores and farmers markets and maybe dining in restaurants. To me, the continued development of new products, crops, processes, and technology can really help save a business or keep a farm or ranch within a family. It's all about adapting and looking to the future to find new uses and solutions to help make lives easier and the world at large more sustainable. I want to come back and talk about your professional goals and, and then ask for some insight for young women who might be listening today. But as someone who's been working in the egg sector for just a little over a year, has there been anything that's really been surprising to you or eye-opening uh, that you've experienced in the past uh, 14 months? So I would say probably learning all of the different science behind not only agriculture, but in the production of some of the food and beverages that we consume daily. AURI helping to make products healthier or more sustainable, and even helping to introduce some new products to the marketplace to fulfill needs of those with dietary restrictions or sensitivities. As I mentioned earlier, with kerns of flour, there have also been some projects with chickpea spreads and lactose-free ice cream. Last year, I actually had a chance to visit AURI's labs in southern Minnesota, and I was absolutely fascinated you know, by, by all the equipment and, and everything that they were capable of. It was really cool for me to be standing in the food and meat labs in Marshall and the co-products lab in Wasika and had the opportunity to kind of play, you know, 20 questions with our scientists and engineers. 
thankfully everyone was really fantastic about it and they were all really wonderful and, and eager to help me learn. I would say a great example there would be I initially had no idea what anaerobic digestion was. And now I'm not only aware, but I have seen a digester in action. For those who may also be in my shoes and, and not familiar, anaerobic digestion, I've learned, is a process where bacteria break down organic matter like animal and food waste in the absence of oxygen. And it's now often used as a source of renewable energy. In my role, I feel like I'm constantly learning new things, and I absolutely love it. Well, this is International Day of the Woman, so uh, let's finish up today with a couple of questions. First, about your professional goals at AURI as a egg communicator. Have you laid out anything that you'd like to see yourself accomplish? As a professional communicator, you know, as I stated earlier, my career up to this point has been in the nonprofit marketing communications field, and ideally, that is where I hope to remain for the duration of my career. Overall, I really enjoy the collaboration, the team mentality, you know, working for a smaller organization, wearing a lot of different hats, and I really like that no two days are the same. As far as communicating, I really strive to be the best communicator I can, and as someone from outside the egg sector, I often think about the things that I find interesting or have questions about. I just feel like if it's a wonder to me, it's likely a wonder to others outside the industry. As we've heard on the show, I mean, most of my AURI teammates have an incredible amount of experience in agriculture. And, you know, I kind of like being able to offer a little bit of a different perspective on things. I want to continue making strides and helping AURI in its mission to foster long-term economic benefit for the state of Minnesota. And when all is said and done, my hope at the end of each day is that I somehow helped make a difference. And then talk to the young women who might be listening to our podcast today. Any advice or insight to share with them who are thinking about trying to work their way into egg or food space in Minnesota in the future? I would say don't be afraid to take the leap. So, you know, as I had said earlier, you know, stepping into the food and egg space was an absolute risk for me, but I really couldn't be happier with how things have turned out. As some of my teammates noted earlier, there are so many people in these spaces who are willing to explain and answer questions and share stories and experiences. They really do want to help people better understand the industry and, and where and how their food is produced. Also, I've learned worldwide, the majority of those in the egg space tend to be women, but within the United States, I feel there are ample opportunities to explore and expand, including in the communication and marketing fields. I would guess that most career fields you know, somehow connect back to the egg space because it plays an important role in the health and vitality of our world and everyone in it. Again, I echo the sentiments of those before me and just say, find those local organizations or committees that strike your interest and try to make connections. This really is a wonderful space to work in, and we'd be happy to have you. Lisa Martinez, thanks so much for your time today, and thanks for participating in our podcast. Thank you, Dan. Well, what an interesting conversation we've had today with four of my colleagues and four great women from AURI. We've been visiting today on International Women's Day with Ashley Hargath, Alexandra Diemer, Lisa Martinez, and Laura Bachmeyer. 
Thanks for joining us today, and thank you for listening to the Ag Innovation News podcast. It's presented by the Agricultural Utilization Research Institute of Minnesota. Thanks to our podcast crew, Eric Evans, AURI Director of Communications, and Lisa Martinez, AURI Communications Coordinator and the editor of this production. To learn more about AURI, visit auri.org.